Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of New Discourses Bullets. This is James Lindsay. Here on New Discourses Bullets, we take one important topic and break it down quickly, succinctly, but completely so that you can make better decisions around that topic. And today, that topic is social and emotional learning, or SEL. Very important topic in education. So I can tell you a lot of things about social and emotional learning. Most importantly, what you need to know, if you have just one minute to have listened to this, is that the people who are implementing social and emotional learning on purpose belong in prison, because it is advocating that teachers practice psychology without a license in unregulated non-therapeutic spaces on groups of children. As you're going to hear, it's for an even worse purpose. What is social and emotional learning? It's a program that's meant to intervene on troubled learners, as you will, in education. So troubled learners might be people, uh, kids who have trouble at home, they have problems going on with their family, they struggle with the material, they have social issues with their classmates, and it puts up an impediment to their learning, or so we might think. It was originally designed, in fact, to intervene in uh, racial minority schools in inner cities and was developed as a specifically leftist plan to work social and emotional content into education. It has since been co-opted by a uh, organization called CASEL, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, and has been transformed through a number of iterations. The current iteration is known as Transformative Social and Emotional Learning, or TransSEL, and being transformative is a kind of watchword for Marxism. You know that its goal is, as they explicitly tell you in the literature, to induce critical consciousness in students. In other words, to induce them into Marxism. I often describe social and emotional learning as the hypodermic needle that injects identity Marxist theories like critical race theory, queer theory, gender ideology, comprehensive sex education, fat studies, disability studies, and so on into our kids. The way that it works is that the teacher pretending to be a psychologist is going to intervene with the entire classroom and make them engage in various survey taking and uh, social and emotional content where they're going to put them into situations that the uh, Marxist educator Paulo Freire would have referred to as generative uh, contexts, where they talk about social and emotional problems in place of, say, math or reading, and then they are told the right answers to those social and emotional circumstances as derived from the psychological, or sorry, from the sociological theories uh, and the identity Marxist theories. In their own words, you can tell that this is a Marxist grift because when they, on the Castle website, C-A-S-E-L for Collaborative for Academic and Social and Emotional Learning, they give the following definition. We define social and emotional learning, SEL, as an integral part of education and human development. So they define it as something you just have to do in education. They go on to say, SEL is the process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain supportive relationships, and make responsible and caring decisions. They never quite tell you what social and emotional learning is then. Social and emotional learning is, in fact, practicing psychology in the educational context. It evolved originally, despite its weird leftist roots, uh, in a model that 
encouraged kind of taking personal responsibility to to intervene in a small group setting or one-on-one setting with kids who are having problems using a licensed therapist or counselor in a therapeutic space set aside from the classroom and advocated that you can learn to manage your emotions, to deal with your social circumstances, and to uh, deal with the other social and emotional problems you might be having that are an impediment to your learning. And it had some degree of success. Um, This evolved into what's called a participatory model that was kind of hijacking the original plan and making it into something where you're going to do social activism uh, as part of the, uh, that's what participatory means, participatory in a so-called democratic society. Uh, And then that evolved uh, after the CASEL organization took it up to the transformative model, which is explicitly uh, carrying the goal of creating critical consciousness in place of education which is to say, to reproduce the Marxist education theory of Paulo Freire, uh, using psychological tools to do so. So whereas this personal responsibility model with individual kids in therapeutic settings with qualified professionals might be a reasonable and helpful thing to do in many cases, applying this in the classroom setting uh, from the very beginning, even when it was first being explored, uh, was it shows Uh, highly uh, irregular results. They claim that there's a lot of evidence for this, that it works. It shows highly irregular results that depended intimately on how enthusiastically the participants on both ends, teachers and students, were. Um, As this program evolved from this personal responsibility model, which could be of lots of benefit and value if it were done in a responsible way with licensed counselors providing it in therapeutic spaces one-on-one to uh, children in who are identified as at need. As it evolved in CASEL, the collaborative, that's a kind of a collectivist word for academic social emotional learning, took over. They identified five key areas that social emotional learning should be uh, intervening into the kids' cognition. And those are what are called the CASEL five, self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, relationship skills, and social awareness. And it sounds like those are all kind of good, but when you start looking at self-awareness in terms of, say, gender ideology and becoming aware of what it means to be your gender or maybe even your racial identity, uh, self-management, having something to do with uh, making sure that you're a good ally, responsible decision-making, having something to do with taking up social activism, relationship skills being dictated through these social theories, and social awareness being the tool for bringing in these identity Marxist social theories, you can see how this gets kind of dangerous. And that participatory model that the CASEL organization took up quickly turned into the transformative or Marxist version, where, again, the goal is, again, explicitly in their own words, to make education be about raising critical consciousness. They use this, they justify doing this using what they call a trauma-informed perspective or a uh, harm-oriented perspective. There are good reasons to believe that this is actually derived from Scientology, not psychology. There was a offshoot, a spin-off version of Scientology created called Reevaluation Counseling that was very interested in taking this trauma-informed approach that uses the same kind of interviewing techniques and so on that we see in the social-emotional learning. So this is cult grooming is what social and emotional learning is actually about. Cult grooming always works in the same way. You induce vulnerability and you give people a way out of that vulnerability through adopting the doctrine and separating from a broader community that might correct them back. 
And so that's what social and emotional learning does. It might even teach them that your parents or your the, the, the grandparents or culture that you're embedded within don't have the right answers, that they've been oppressive and damaging and have had this wrong for generations. And therefore, uh, the groomers that are uh, doing the social and emotional learning as both teaching authority figures, but also psychological authority figures are the ones that you have to turn to to get the right answers. So in practice, social emotional learning involves a lot of emotional manipulation of, and abuse of children. It induces that vulnerability, gives them these uh, generative circumstances as Freire might have it, where they bring up emotional resonances about unfairness, about injustice, about poverty, about all kinds of uh, racism, sexism, about their gender identity or sexual identity, and then gives them the right answers according to the social theories or identity Marxist theories as to how that uh, vulnerability can be resolved, whether it's by becoming an activist, whether through a participatory model, whether it's by raising critical consciousness through a transformative model or some of both. It also turns out that social-emotional learning is one of the few things that's mandated to be measured uh, by many states in the United States right now. And in so doing, what they've actually done is turned social-emotional learning into an excuse to data mine children. There are all kinds of nefarious reasons why children are being data mined in schools, but this is an issue of incredible importance for, for policymakers and lawmakers to be considering because the data mining of children is strict, strictly speaking evil. Uh, the, the programs that they have, the ideas that they have in mind for psychologically profiling children and correlating that with various data like their parents' socioeconomic, racial, sexual, etc. status are uh, of tremendous concern. But data mining children in schools and using this program as an excuse to do so is absolutely unacceptable. Um, finally, kind of as a one one additional point is that there now there's another buzzword in the social emotional learning uh, scene, which is called systemic social emotional learning. And the goal of systemic social emotional learning is to infuse social emotional learning into every subject. Again, this reproduces the goals, the generative concepts, goals of the Freirean Marxist form of education. The idea is that to reproduce the existing system. Uh, we educate kids to participate in it by learning to read, do math, write, etc., and be skilled at growing up to be competent adults in the existing economy, which they want to overthrow from a Marxist perspective. So instead, you teach them to be critically conscious, and you use every single subject to do so. So in my opinion, social-emotional learning should be a felony to knowingly implement, particularly when it is the transformative variant of social-emotional learning. For people who actually know its purpose, which is to inject these identity Marxist theories and to induce a replica, a replica of the Maoist form of identity politics that he used to create the Red Guard and overthrow Chinese society for his communist purposes, the people who know that that's what this ultimately leads to should also be brought up on felony charges of sedition because they are actually using children to try to overthrow the government. And it sounds like I'm being quite extremist in my interpretation of social-emotional learning, but that is my opinion. The nut and bolt that you need to take home is that while social-emotional learning, the things that it talks about could be useful in a one-on-one -on -one setting with a qualified therapist, with a troubled child who's been identified as such, in a therapeutic space, it is in practice the 
application of practice of psychology without a license in a group setting, which is non-therapeutic, non-controlled with children. In other words, it is practicing group psychology on children without a license in an abusive manner where they're being given the right answers by uh, people who are badly informed with Marxist social theories.